Welcome to Keiko Talks, the weekly podcast where conversations about life, hot topics, mental health, and more take center stage. We are your hosts, Caitlin and Courtney Geiger. Together, we explore thought-provoking discussions with an ambient vibe that inspires open and honest dialogue. So sit back, relax, and join us for some insightful conversation that will leave you feeling informed and inspired. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Keiko Talks. Tonight, as the title suggests, we are doing the extremely popular shadow work questions, prompts. If you haven't heard already, shadow work is... Um, or the shadow work journal is something that blew up on TikTok. I want to say it's the New York Times bestseller based off of a TikTok. Um, really? Trend. Yeah, it's not uh, yeah. It, like outsold Oprah's. So, you know, Oprah's like always on that list. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, with like no publishing, no commercial. It's like a book on you can purchase right now on Amazon. So it was a totally non-traditional method of, you know, publishing. Hmm. Um, and I ended that. up being on New York Times bestseller because it's so people have been doing it all over TikTok, which is like, I think that's fascinating. I'm like, maybe that's where publishing will move from <laughs> instead of being at these publishing houses where, you know, writers got to write for like however long just to try to get it in front of somebody who yeah. keeps. Mm-hmm. And then they decide if it's good enough to publish or not. Um, Fair enough. But, you know, TikTok, you can kind of put out the word. People can find it, put it up on hmm. Amazon and then make it big you know that's actually impressive so um but yeah so the journal basically is shadow work right so um, i want to say it's based off of a philosopher named carl jung jung Mm. um which the philosophy people will know who that is um and basically it's kind of like diving deep into yourself your childhood your past trauma Mm. spirituality relationships Mm. all of that and kind of like getting into your inner psyche so these mm-hmm. these questions help prompt that. And that is um what we're gonna be doing today. We found some shadow work prompts on the internet, um, called on the website Science for People. So we are going to do a couple of them today. I feel like we kind of some of these questions we have kind of already answered in previous podcasts. Like I didn't realize how much of our, our podcast is actually about like doing shadow work. I just mm-hmm. didn't know what to call it, you know, like yeah, we're talking about spirituality, healing, mm-hmm. childhood. These trauma. are some good questions, though. Yeah, no, these are these are even more interesting than like I think some of the ones we've asked on here. So mm-hmm. um, we encourage you to check out Science for People because it's got about a hundred questions, shadow work questions, but also the shadow work journal that I believe is still available to purchase on Amazon. Hmm. And there's different like versions and stuff of it now because it's gotten so big. So definitely check it out if you are looking to start your healing journey. Um, as we encourage people to do now, it's not going to replace a therapist, I don't think, but it's a good place to kind of begin your self-reflection, self-awareness mm-hmm. journey if you have not begun that. So, yes. Um, do you want to start? Let's do it. Okay. Let me see if I can find some questions. Um, this has, also, okay, I guess we should start because we're beginners. Quick. Yeah, I, I really apologize for these dogs barking. Okay, I want to like, like it's just all these dogs. All right, not mine. All these other okay, <laughs> Courtney is not a hoarder. Okay, do not. Yeah, and I don't have any animals, but people in in the neighborhood have dogs, and they will not quiet down. Okay, so I'm just saying. I told Courtney she should just get a dog, and then I'll get them to quiet down. I don't think so. We're just gonna amp it up. 
I'm just giving disclaimer because, like, I probably won't be able to cut it. If they're barking the whole time, I'm probably not going to cut out of the episode. So. Yeah. And this has to be turned over today. So. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry. Back in the episode. No worries. No worries. Okay. Right. My first question. Let's see. Mm, um, this is a good question. I guess we can both answer it, too. What are your values you were brought up on or brought up with? Is this in the childhood section? No, from beginners. It's the very first question. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I guess we should answer that together, huh? I think we were brought up on... You know, it's so funny. I think a lot of our issues now with our parents is like the difference between how we were taught to be and then the way that they are now. You know what I'm saying? Um, so some of the values we were definitely brought up on was, um, I think being authentic, uh, working hard. Okay. Um, I think there was definitely an expectation of, um, of excellence in some ways, you know, like at least do your very best to be your very best and Mm -hmm. a a standard, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think also, um, I think being kind, being authentically kind and generous, not like kind for transactional purposes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and and helping people when you can. Mm -hmm. I think we also were raised on, um, some ways, on establishing uh, like boundaries for ourselves in some ways. So, what do you think? Hmm. Okay. Um, so I think we were raised to just try to be good people, mm-hmm. like for the most part. Like, obviously, that's not meaning that you're going to be a great person all the time, but you should try your darnest to just do good in the world and not for other people, but for you so that you can be satisfied with you and your behavior. Yeah. Um, so I think that's how we were were raised overall if I had to say like to sum it up I think also like a little detail wise we were raised to be um I, I, the hard part too is you what we were raised to be and what we have turned out to be is can differ <laughs> yeah, uh and so like I don't know if the intention to raise us like we are now was quite there but um well I think the I values are like it's one of those things it's kind of like our parents are facilitators, right? Mm-hmm. So what it actually ends up looking like is our personal decision. So like our mm-hmm. values might be, okay, be authentic or be kind. Well, hmm. it shows up in different ways. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm kind when I'm working on these projects or I'm kind when I'm meeting different people for X, Y, Z. But you're kind when you are helping with your animals. Mm-hmm. Kindness. Yeah. It just looks different. Yeah. It's like manifested differently according to our personalities and interests. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah that's true. Okay. Um, what else? Um, mm, I'm trying to think of like little details. I think, I think we were always raised to like give our best foot forward. That was something big. I think I remember. Yeah. Um, don't like half ass shit. Like, if you're gonna do it, do it. Don't yeah. don't play around with it. Mm-hmm. 
What else? Um, I think we were also raised to try stuff. Like, I think we were both risk takers in a way. Like, uh, I'll say risk taker, like crazy risk takers. But like, we're cautious risk takers. Or mm-hmm. what do they call it? Calculated risk. That's it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. And I can remember both of our parents telling us, like, go try. At yeah, least go do time, it. Yeah. Go, go see what it's about. Like, we've always been encouraged to do things. And, like, yeah, at least I, try it. At least try it. It's like, that's why I think we grew up with this sort of non fear of trying things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. looking at our different lives, you're like, okay, well, I might want to go do something internationally or I might want to do this other jump from this career path to that one. But, like, there's no mm-hmm. fear of trying something of the unknown. Yeah. The way. I now that I'm an adult, I see that some people really are afraid of trying something different. They really True. are about how do I find quote security and stay there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's such a different way we were raised. Like we were always yeah. told from both of our parents, do it, try, go. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Actually, like, yeah, we. And I, I think like I don't know how to say this without sounding. Um, maybe a little condescending but like the like failure was not really an option yeah you know and so like that made you have to make you know obviously the best decision that you can you can make but in that you know it depends on what you consider is failure too but I think our parents a lot of times kind of left that up to us yeah um and that held us responsible in a way so we knew what failure felt like and there was no you know, maybe what we consider failure at the time, if, if you will. And then we had to make sure that, that that feeling never happened again. And we were making solid, um, adequate, you know, whatever age decision we were making at the time. So. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not mad at the parenting, you know? No, I, I'm not, not I, mad at it. When you look at the, the good, like, obviously there's trauma. But, yeah. like, there's some core stuff that I think we can't deny is, like, what helps us get through life as adults that are incredibly valuable you know like even in as much as we've talked about our dad like there was some positive that came out of him like I will I will to his credit I will say he never discouraged us from trying what we wanted to do oh at all yeah even in the midst of all the other toxicity he was bringing it was always Mm -hmm. like go try go do it the world is open to you Mm -hmm. or I I would like to see you be better than than me than me do more you know Mm -hmm. and like that if that's all he could offer for whatever, you know, it's Thank like, you. at least take that positive. No, take <laughs> that positive. That. Yeah, because I'm like, I think about it now, like as an adult pursuing, you know, both of us pursuing the lifestyles that we want. It takes it takes the, I can do this. I can make mm-hmm. it happen. I got to oh, yeah, that extra sure. oomph. And some people seriously do not have it. And I, I thought everybody was like that. Some people really don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. And they yeah, don't also true. have the support system behind them saying, you can, you can, you should, you, sh- you should try this do it make Facts. it happen and I, I think too even like without the and that, which could be because we had a solid foundation right um even without the support system that you would you would think that we would have right yeah. um it, it still exists so i yeah. guess it's in combination with you having the support initially to the point where you can like do it on your own yeah and i, I thought about i was like um because you know i've talked to you about like other people that I've experienced, right? Like, mm-hmm. and what their support system looks like to me from the outside. And it's like, it makes, it made me very grateful. Like, even though I'm always, we're always like, oh, the trauma, the this, the that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? I have to say, 
the reason why I can hold my head up and try so hard is because I don't, I've never really had anybody discourage me from doing it. Like I never really even extended family members were always like, yeah, like they might not be able to hand you money or whatever, but they're always like, do Do it. it. Try. Try. Why not? Yeah. And I realized that a lot of people, some people don't have their extended family telling them to try and do it. And it creates this kind of, it, it creates this fear in you that is unnecessary or it mm-hmm. can prevent you from trying things for real. Yeah. You know, that's true. So, yeah. I, I don't think, yeah. I don't know if both parents were intentional in doing that, mm-hmm. but it worked out. So, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So let me find one. You're on my shadow work prompt. Um, some of the stuff is like workplace. I'm trying to see. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's not go to work. Let's not talk about that. Right? I can already be there 40 hours a week. <laughs> right? Let's not discuss it here. Oh, gosh. This is kind of interesting. If you were to write a memoir about your life, what would the chapter titles be? Mm, okay. That's really interesting. That's interesting. Really great questions. Yeah, they are. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. What would the chapters be? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Chapter. Chapter. Okay. Let's still only do five chapters a piece because that would be wrong. Yeah, because we could be wrong. Okay. Um, Do you have any ideas? Because I feel like I need to think. I would think, I was separated obviously by years of my life. Mm. So like the first one would be like early childhood. So to probably about 10 or no, probably to like preteen years. Really? So like 13. So I'd be like early childhood, baby Courtney. You know, when I was still very exploratory of the world and just trying to like figure things out, right? And then the second chapter would probably be like teen years to like early adulthood. So like, or probably just teen years. So like thir- 14 to like 18 because that was a different time. That was like volleyball hmm. and that identity, like girl jock crisis. <laughs> That's what it was—a crisis, a cri- identity crisis. Yeah. And then college was it would be another chapter because that's when I really started. That was like early artist trying to like figure out how to become how to make make films and do mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And now mm-hmm. post grad mm-hmm. has been its own chapter very different uh-huh. from college and yeah well. so i would call it. i would break it up probably according to school but this is huh. this is what i would call like my freshman year of life this is like freshman year of life for me uh-huh. um these last four years almost five years post-grad feels uh-huh. very much just like what is the real world you know yeah it's definitely not what everybody think tells you it is yeah and it's it, like nothing story. can prepare you for it. Kind of like how they say like parenthood, right? Yeah. Like nothing can prepare you for for life, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite a it's quite an experience. Mm-hmm. It's quite a mental shift. It's quite a, a financial shift shit. Um yeah. all the shifts. <laughs> Every last one of them. So okay, so my chapters. Um let's see. I would do mine probably more by like, by like, 
not necessarily. I mean, it's like considering age, but I would name them. Um, let's see. I would. I think I would name them emotions. Yeah. So I would do confused. I would do um, angry. I would do numb. I would do. Um, I don't know. What would I do then? Um, I think peace. And then I would do like, like finding serenity. Something like that. That's good. Mm -hmm. Great. That's what I would name mine. Read the the book. Does it? Yeah. Cause like. Am I an author? You know me. I'll pivot now. (laughs) 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 Don't, don't tell me that. No, don't tell me that. Hey, maybe you can write your, down your self-loving journey into a memoir. I don't know. I feel like you got to have an appendix. Well, add me an author, Katie Kate. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank you. Did you hear what I said? What? You got to have an appendix strictly on rabbit care. Um, that is not applies. That applies to anger. I've loved. That's anger. Frustration. Rabbits? Yes. Because they're bad and they're filthy. Now, do I love them dearly? Yes, but that does not take away from the majority of the destruction that happens around here. <laughs> they can also be part of your healing chapter. Yeah, that's true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Ah, uh, you know, let me give them some flack, right? You had emotional support. I need to be appreciative. Fair. Okay, let's see. You call them that. Um, <laughs> All right, you want to pick another one? Yeah, I'm looking. What kind of people do you attract around you? Hmm. That's always so recently creeps. creeps. <laughs> 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 Nothing but creeps. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Um, well, attracting people is different than who you allow in your space. So I, I feel like that's got to mm-hmm. be a two-part question. Because, like, you really... Okay. If you're shining and you're happy and you're a good person, people will see that whether they're good or bad. And the thing is, yeah. bad people are attracted to good just like good people are attracted to good, right? That's, true. That's something I had to learn because I was like, where are all these weirdos coming from? I know I'm not sending out weirdo vibes, but the reality is weirdos aren't looking for other weirdos. They're looking for good people, right? Yeah, they're looking so, for opportunity. Exactly. So it's like, I think it's more like if you attract a wide array of people, then mm-hmm. you probably are an attractive person, not just like physically, like, mm-hmm. oh, this person looks good, but like your spirit is attractive, your energy is attractive, you something about mm-hmm. you is attractive, which is a good thing that you come off that way to people. Mm-hmm. Who you allow in your space is what matters. Mm-hmm. Now, I say be cutthroat about that, right? Yeah, like the boundary when you back into your space just because they ask, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I agree with that. That's true. Yeah, but I feel like sometimes, um, I feel like the people who I have noticed who will become attracted to me are, um, I I feel like sometimes it's people who are not, not as like, I don't want to say not confident in their self, but people who don't have this like very clear vision of themselves. You know what I mean? Like I very, I'm very much, I'm like, this is who I am. I know what I want to be doing, how I want to be doing it. I'm just not where I want to be. Right. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I notice some of the people I come around or people who, who come around me are people who who do not have that same vision for themselves, not in a bad way, but like they don't have this core. This is who I show up as, you know what I mean? Mm. I've noticed that. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't mean That's I always good. allow people in my space because sometimes that, that like not knowing who you are, not knowing what you want to be doing, not knowing blah, 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 that can be toxic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, uh, that's what I seem to notice about some of the people who I've like come around. Yeah. You okay. Know. That's fair. Um, I think for me as late, I've been attracting creeps. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I am in a place of everybody is looking for their opportunity to be great, grand and magical. Right. And so I, what I'm learning is I don't think this is the place for me. That's all. Um, and so I don't even necessarily blame the creepy people, but, um, there's just a certain vibe of people here and I, I, I don't necessarily care for it. That's not how I approach people. Like if I'm going to be your friend, I'm genuinely going to be your friend and I want the best for you. Um, I don't know if, if this, environment can provide that <laughs> yeah um and that's not to say there's not genuine people here and they're probably around here I just I was saying um but uh, I do think that has been eye-opening in me because I think in my experience with people I've never had um people be creepy like that to me um I've had <laughs> I've, well don't be wrong like men have been creepy you know like and they're very like typical way but these are women and so that has never been that blatant to me um or that just forward if you will and so that has been eye-opening um and I think I was a little naive and because how we approach people in South Carolina is a little bit more um if they are being sneaky they would never let you know you know what I mean yeah um here they're a little bit more direct in their creep (laughs) so it's just it's just interesting which I think like I said I just feel like I needed to know that because I was kind of walking into a naive space of like oh well like if I'm genuine they're genuine you know and that's not how that works like even if you vet them out for a year you still have to keep your eyes on them so oh yeah I remember well you already know my story I'm not gonna repeat it Mm -hmm. but I agree um people are um Creeps. Creeps. And unfortunately, you can't really. People can hide their hand for a very long time. Like, it's actually, it's actually, some people should win Academy Awards for how insidious they can be about being creepy. For how long they can kind of like hold I agree with that, actually. It happened to me firsthand. And um, this person should win an award. Truly. How, you know, for real. Because by the time you figure out what's going on, especially when it's been a year or two years or however long, you're sitting there like, you kept up a facade for that long. But, you know, the thing it's is, like, weird. now that I'm looking back, I feel like this person was testing. Like, I, I remember how I, I, well, I always say this, but, like, people are always pushing your boundaries. This person, yeah. I feel like, was trying to see how far to go. Um, yeah. And they were, like, trying to see. They were, like, constantly testing. Mm-hmm. So, I guess they finally went too far and it was, like, blatantly obvious for me. Um, and that's when I was just like, no, this is not gonna work but yeah yeah and you gotta know that you gotta also realize that like they're invested in the manipulation frankly like they're invested Thanks. in the fraud so they have to for them it is in their best interest to make sure that every that they are fooling you like you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like that's yeah that's and the thing is draw. another thing is i had a fucking feeling about both of them i had a feeling about both of them i did not trust my gut um yeah. the first person yeah. like 
I vetted them for like a year or whatever. And um, I was like, no, nah, I just don't feel comfortable like ever bringing them to my house. Like I just didn't feel comfortable. And I was like, mm. I, I went against that for various reasons. And look now, it's like, oh, I just yeah, want to fall my that. fucking gut. And then the second one was just like constantly rubbing me and my significant other the wrong way. And I was just kind of like, I, I, like, I just need to figure it out. I couldn't put my finger on it, but fuck fucking putting a p- fucking finger on it. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> there are certain things you just don't need answers to, you know, like, no, and that real. was one of them. That was I remember it. you used to tell me all the time, because, you know, I was like, I still am very quick to cut people off and be like, yeah. I don't feel right about so-and-so. And even, even when I was a child, I would, I was a little mm-hmm. child. Like I don't feel comfortable with so-and-so. Yeah. And I would remove myself physically from the space. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, True. I was yeah. always outcast for that as a kid, but that was because I like, Baby. I was now using my little gut. <laughs> even as a child, I was like, Oh no. Facts. And so, and I couldn't deny it at the time. Cause that's all like, it was just like my whole body would be like, get really warm and i'd be like oh, mm-hmm. oh i don't i feel very yeah don't ignore it, baby don't yeah. do it <laughs> yeah, because I, time, I have learned every time and it's like this itty bitty tiny thing that is very easy to get to just ignore it's very easy to be like rationalize it away but then it always turns into something bigger because um like caitlin was saying she explained her situation situation to me a while ago and i was like well yeah that make that it, it tracks you know <laughs> and um you know, I remember having that same thought about uh, the, like, the person who, like, pretended to be a friend to me. I was like, um, I don't know. I don't feel totally easy with so-and-so, right? And then, lo and behold, some other stuff happened, and I was like, well, should have listened, <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, moral of the story, listen to that little gut feeling. And just because you attract somebody doesn't mean you have to accept them in your life. Because plenty of people are going to be attracted to you, especially if you're shining and you. Amen to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and that's something I had to accept recently. Is like the person that I want to be is going to be attracted to people because I want to be a good person. I want to walk into the world. I want to walk into a room and have people feel like warm and nice and friendly and be um, know that I'm authentic and I'm being kind. That's attractive to people. You can't really you can't tell someone not to be attracted to it. You know. Now, if they're a good person or not, it's like a different story, but it's okay to be attractive to people. It's who you, you got to set boundaries, you know? So, yeah, keep being attractive. Just make sure you're getting rid of the dusties and crusties. Facts. Yeah. Baby, learn a lesson. <laughs> Won't happen <Yeah>. again. <laughs> and listen to that gut, the little itty bitty gut, which is never usually always right. It's never wrong. Oh, for real. Oh, never yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's so freaking true. Um, a time that it was—I've never wrong. been wrong <laughs> about it. Uh, and the people who—I like, think here's the thing, because like I think as a kid, I trusted that gut way more than I did as like as an adult. Because like now you don't be wrong, you hear the the gut reaction, but now you also are trying to make life decisions based off said reaction, you know, and sometimes yeah. that. You you can't always do that. So now it's like using discernment um, with intuition, and that becomes difficult sometimes because you're also having to make life decisions um, that maybe doesn't respect the the gut feeling and then the discernment, right? Yeah. So as a kid, it was easier because I, I like I didn't have to 
You don't like, have that discernment you know. necessarily develop. Yeah, the same and way. I didn't have to do it. Like, if really push came to show, like we entrusted our parent to make sure we were bare minimum safe, right? Sure. So versus now, it's it's not it. It's like all on me, you know. Yeah, all on me. I would. I feel like I would rely on intuition even more than necessarily discernment because discernment can is sort of a logical thing. Like, okay, this X Y Z line up to X Y Z, right? Intuition is a straight. Do I get a feeling about you or not? Like intuition is almost like unexplainable. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I think like, okay, so like intuition, I have an intuition about, you know, like, I don't know, going outside today. I mean, Mm -hmm. mean, that doesn't mean I can't go to work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not that clear cut. Like if I don't want to get paid, then don't go to work. (laughs) So like, like, don't be wrong. You may have the feeling and maybe that like slows you down a little bit, makes you more, you know, cautious about what you're doing today. But I think it also, like, life is still lifing when these things are coming to you. Like, we don't live in a society that really takes that into consideration or even acknowledges that those things exist um, yeah. to, to, for that to play a, a huge role in the decisions that you're making. Yeah, you're right. We are actually an anti-intuition society. For sure. Yeah. We're very much... Does do it make it, any what you need to do? Sense. We're actually almost anti-discernment too. I think. Oh, for sure. I yeah, we're, we're you should be. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should do what society tells you to do. Yeah, which is going mm-hmm. against some. A lot of times, your your yeah your discernment. Oh, I for sure. Yeah, can be tied also to like. Patriarchy. And I think that is a lot of why discernment is, um, like even a lot of parents don't teach it, out mm-hmm. of I think you know, trauma, different things like that. But um, it really makes a difference in a child. <laughs> I yeah. think. I try to pay attention to how I feel when I'm around certain people. And yeah. that informs whether I am, whether I check for the more discernment type thing. So like my first mm-hmm. line of defense is intuition. Like I'll say like uh, the friend I made out here, I was, we were playing volleyball, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, I feel good around this person. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, even though, like, we're different people, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to be on edge. I mm-hmm. don't feel like I have to guard yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to protect anything mm-hmm. necessary. And I was like, that's a good, like, that's a good person. That's a good relationship. Yeah, that's she's so sweet. Be. You know, yeah. like. And I was, I just checked myself in that moment because, you know, we want to like logical everything and like, well, does X, Y, Z do this? Are we compatible mm-hmm. in this way? Blah, blah. And I was like, what do I feel? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what I was feeling. And I was like, that's, that's where that, that's where you need to continue to foster. Yeah, that's true. Because there's plenty of people I've sat around. I'm like, I do not feel that at all. You know yeah. what I mean? And you're like, mm-hmm. well, that's the end of that. You know? Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. That's why I try to. Put my it's like an intuition and then discernment, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah. Okay, is it my question? Yeah. Um, let me see. I want to answer more from just than just the beginning ones, but some of these are kind of intense. We don't want to go too far on here. Yeah. Um. Um. Prompts for self love. Do those. Well, this is these are really good. I want to do 
do a journal with these now. No, for real. I don't know. I need to do this in like, like yeah, myself. Oh, <laughs> please check this out. It's called Science for People 100 Plus Shadow Work Questions. We'll link it in yeah. the description for the video. But y- y'all should look into this. It's actually really, really good questions. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling through. Um, maybe, I don't know if you want to answer this one. Tell, and if you don't want to, we can do another one. What do you okay. wish you could you could forgive yourself for? What makes it hard? Wow. Okay. Um, this is from the self love sections, number seventy two. 71 if you want to look at 71 okay i think i wish i could like i have a really hard time answering that yeah i'm that's fine because i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep it really like surface level but i think i would forgive i need to forgive myself for how i treated people um Mm -hmm. when i was first of all treated poorly and i was severely hurt right um, because I, that saying, which never made sense to me until recently, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. I was doing that. And so I, I have a really hard time forgiving myself for that. Mm-hmm. You think it's because of your, like your level of awareness now? Uh, I think it's a level of awareness and I would never, I didn't want to be treated that way, but that's how I was treating people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, that doesn't make sense to me now. Yeah. Well, now that you're... But like, that is why, like, the saying is hurt people hurt people. Like, you, you're only in that saying, if you want to dig into that, in my personal opinion, it's basically you cannot offer something that you do not have. Yes, true. So. I, I think that's a really big hurdle. I think some people, when they start their healing journey, they realize, like, I am also the monster. That's a lot. That's mm-hmm. that might be one of the hardest things to reconcile with, and I think that's oh, yeah, why some people just avoid the hearing what others others' experiences of them are. It's like yeah, you really no, it's hard to hear. You are the monster. You are yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the problem. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to hear because I, I, in that moment, I didn't necessarily see myself in that light, just because I was dealing with my own things. Yeah, but I think it is. Um. I think it also, that can't be the excuse either. You know, like, don't be wrong. I yeah. acknowledge, like, my my feelings in that. But that doesn't mean I had the right to do that. Um, and granted, like, a lot of the people that were receiving that have still stuck around, thank the heavens, right? Because they didn't have to. And to be fair, if someone was treating me like that, I'd be the first to buck. So, um you know, shout out to them for continuing to stay around, but it is difficult. And I think it also is difficult, like being in the current day of where I'm at now versus where I was at then, because they still have the expectation that I'm going to be what I was. So that also is a constant reminder of like, you were a B-I-C-T-H, you know? So, uh, and I, I don't know, obviously like it's going to take years to repair that, but I don't think that's something that people, people forget. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. I think it's like, well, I'll just use the example of our father because I don't want to get into your personal business. But, like, I feel like every time we would bring up and we would make clear to him, like, he, to us, you are, he was the monster to us. Mm-hmm. He always he not lashed that. out. That's when he lashed <laughs> yeah. out on us is yeah, when yeah. we confronted him with himself. Mm-hmm. And he was angry. He was very angry. That's when, that's the only time he really ever became irate is when we'd be like, mm-hmm. you are the problem for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he really just did not want to sit with the fact that 
he I mean, on top of being a narcissist, he really could not fathom that. <laughs> yeah, but like he could not but, fathom that. That's the biggest issue. Is like they they are not able to see that they are the problem. They are the mm-hmm. center of this chaos, right? Yeah, and then um, and then the shame and guilt behind it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they cannot. They they think it's illogical. Like they've lived. Mm-hmm. It's almost, I think narcissism is sort of dissociative. Actually, it's sort of I like see that. I'm not part of how could they be talking about me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've removed myself so far from my own actions, mm-hmm. but, um, um, but yeah, I, I can see that. that that is difficult to admit that you've hurt somebody, especially when you come out on the other side and you know, you can behave better that mm-hmm. you have changed so much. And to know that somebody else is still very, somebody else's journey might include you as the villain. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. you will always be the villain to somebody. Yep. Maybe. You know, and that's like, that's the issue with trauma and like, and cycles of it is mm-hmm. you don't know, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it's like, there's certain people who, who probably will always be the villain in my story. Oh yeah. Like, I'll probably yeah. always be the villain in theirs. And that's the thing, like, and I, I, I think that's a misconception for me is like, even though you were the villain in my story, that doesn't mean that you're the villain now. That doesn't mean you're completely just a villain. Like. Yeah. I completely understand where people are coming from. And I, and I do try to empathize and rationalize, like, okay, where are you coming from? Give you the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't mean I'm letting you in my space. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, if someone were to pre- return that energy to me of, like, not wanting me in their space, I, all I could do is respect that because I have to be accountable for my actions and how I was treating people even though I was hurt. And I don't think I was uh, cognizant of how I was treating people that doesn't that doesn't give me any slack like that doesn't cut me off the the chopping block so yeah yeah okay what's yours um okay no i i asked that question oh you asked you want me to yeah but you can respond what do you wish you could forgive yourself for what makes it hard um i think sometimes i wish i could really forgive myself for in some ways, the way I treated people, although I don't think mine went to the depths as Caitlin's, but I wish I could forgive myself for, I think, um, taking so much of our, like, family's attention as, a like, a young person, you know what I mean? I don't know if you know what I'm referring to, but kind of, like, I think at that time, I was very deeply, like, escapist. And I felt like I just needed to do these these things to escape, which I didn't realize at the time was taking so much from everybody else. So I, I guess that's like being selfish, but I didn't know, yeah. like, I guess I didn't have another way of coping mm-hmm. at the time. And that mm-hmm. was the only way I felt like I could like reasonably cope. Yeah. You know? And so, mm-hmm. and now learning about the, the after effects of taking that like time and attention mm-hmm. I think it's made me like I really you know me now would be like well I'm just you know I have to realize that there are other people in this situation right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I I like couldn't see it at that time mm. hmm. you know okay that's interesting and I think about that that's affected relationships like relationships since then yeah for sure yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I feel like you should um, 
not to put your business out there, but I, I think coming to peace with that could make you coming come to peace with other things. Does that make sense? Yeah. With um, maybe even those relationships. And yeah. uh, maybe even understanding their point of view. That's not saying that you didn't have what you were experiencing. Um, and th- it's done. You know what I mean? It's done. So yeah. you and the people on the other ends of those relationships are going to have to accept that it is what it is. Yeah. And it cannot be something that you hold over someone's head. Um, I agree. But at bare minimum, you're at least at peace with that. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. Are you choosing a question? Yeah, let me see. Okay. Uh, what do you, oh, excuse me. How do you respond when someone is angry with you? What does this anger say about you? Mm, I think sometimes, well, when I was younger, I think I used to shut down more. Uh-huh. Now I'm angry back. And, uh, <laughs> you know what's so funny? Like, I, I think I told you this yesterday, but I feel like you have become who I was at, during that time of life. And oh, I have become. Yeah. I don't know if I'm I, like. I don't know okay. if you're that bad. You're not as bad, I don't think. But you have a very. You have some interesting outbursts. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, and that's that's something I like. I thought about recently. I was like, I'm very, I've like gotten recently very quick to anger, and uh-huh. quick to like, you know, jump back. And I was always a very reserved, very quiet child, you know. Uh-huh. And you know, now you cross me, like you can cross back, you know. So I just, I don't know. I don't know if that's just because of life and like, you know, things transpiring, but. Yeah, that's how I've kind of, that's how I've been doing it recently. And I want to handle it more, I want to be more mature about it. Mm-hmm, because I mm-hmm. think sometimes the way you can handle it, you know, you can't go too far the other way of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sticking up for myself, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen people who, who do that and it is mm-hmm. not a good thing for them. Not at all. <laughs> that's not a good, and people shut down to you immediately. People are immediately, immediately casting you out, especially mm-hmm. if you're black. Um, yeah. So... You know, you got to find a way to really make sure that you are, you know, stating your boundaries, making your point clear, but you don't have to be like this angry. Mm-hmm. You can say it clearly mm-hmm. and leave it at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Hmm. Let's see. I think I tried my best to respond with with not being angry. Like I try to be what they are not. Um, because I've like, when I am angry, I am the type of person where I, I get like petty, but I'm not talking like petty and like, Oh, I like, I'm like, F your life up petty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I don't like to be that person. I don't think it is. Um, it's okay to be angry, but it, it cannot be, as much as I like the get back, it's satisfying. Like, what did that? What does that get you? First of all, um, on top of that, could really get you in some trouble. You know, some of the thoughts that I've had, I'm just like, that's not normal. Um, not, I mean, they weren't like killing anybody or anything. So I do want to put that disclaimer out there. But it's just like that's just too extreme, you know. Um, 
So I, I really try to remain calm these days. I try to have a conversation, not argue, not anger, uh, and get to a reasonable ground of even if that's not necessarily a solution. Well, you know what? We can come back and talk about this when we maybe have a solution or maybe we agree to just disagree or whatever it is. So I really, 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 really try my best to remain calm these days. Yeah, that's like, that's just like emotional control, mm-hmm. which is important. That's what really separates us from toddlers. Mm-hmm. It's like emotional yeah. control. And you know, yeah. people who lack emotional control, you always see them as like deeply immature people who are mm-hmm. like lashing out. And we've all been around people who, are, who lack emotional control. So, and we always know that person. So. Yeah. There's a lot of adults that don't necessarily necessarily have the um, the control, which I personally, if you ask me, stems from a lot of childhood trauma, undealt with trauma, right? Yep. Um, but I think the problem is you can't turn your childhood trauma onto someone who, first of all, has nothing to do with that, let alone like don't even know what's going on. <laughs> so that's also not fair. Yeah. Should we get to the next question? Yeah, I think it's your question. Uh, I'm going to do some of the ones from the deep work one. Mm. Yeah, I'm reading all of these. Um, I'll answer this question because I actually think I've recently just come on the other end of it. What have you done that makes you feel most like a failure? And I'm only answering this because... Um, I really, at this point, I don't feel like I failed at anything. Like I, and I'm not trying to be like, my life is perfect. I'm saying Mm -hmm. that now I'm really starting to see like, this is an opportunity or like what I would perceive as a failure are really just redirections Mm -hmm. and they're really opportunities and opportunities to shift Mm -hmm. lanes, shift gears, make different Mm -hmm. changes you know, yeah. in your life. And it's like, and that's why I, I hesitate to even call really anything I've done a failure. I used to, you know, things that other people would consider successes. I think I was considering failures because it didn't look the way that I thought it should look, mm-hmm. you know, or what society tells you it should look like. or what Yeah. What society says it should look like. And it's like, first off, you're on your own journey. Mm-hmm. Second off, um, what have you failed at? You've shifted. Mm-hmm. You're still here, still surviving. There's really no failure. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I've just changed. I've mm-hmm. evolved. I'm in a different position, which might open up other doors. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to answer that and say, I actually really, for the first time in a while, a long time, I don't feel like I failed at anything. Yeah. Okay. That's I've nice. redirected. I've learned. Mm-hmm. I've shifted. You know? Yeah. No, I honestly would agree with that and that I don't I don't necessarily I hate to say not believe, but I really don't believe in the idea of failure. I think everything happens for a reason and it's up to you to um to see the benefit in this thing not going how you want it to go per se, right? Or mm-hmm. um or how you thought it should go and it becoming something different. Like to me, I've learned about this thing called the burnt toast theory theory. And that's kind of how I, I, I rationalize 
what people could deem as failure. Um, anyways, that theory is basically if you are burnt your toast on the and you have to go to work that day and you pop in a new toast so you're 10 minutes late, that 10 minute um, of you staying home fixing your toast or whatever for breakfast is um, happening for a reason. It may be to keep you safe. It may be to prevent you from having an accident. It may be preventing you from getting to traffic. Um, but it is something that is divined or in, is, is, I guess, created by the divine source, right, to keep you, uh, you know, safe in a good space, um, on track, all of these different things that are promoting, pushing you to be what you need to be. Yeah. So that's how I kind of, I don't really, there's like nothing that I feel like I've like failed at. Even the things that people would consider failures, like um, according to society, um, I don't consider that a failure because for I can think of one major thing that I like, quote unquote, failed at. And um, I thank God every day. Oh, my God. That, that did not go through because I would have been miserable. I probably would have, would have been dangerous doing said thing. Um, and so because I, I wasn't happy and I'm a very all or nothing person. So that just would not have been good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely not good. So I, I like... And I have a friend who's doing that exact same thing. And no part of me is like, I want to be doing that. Like, no part. That's always the best feeling, isn't it? When you look back and you're like, that wasn't even me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And honestly, thank God I didn't. Because to be honest, I would have been up Ish Creek without a paddle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, you know. We both have been through, especially these last, these first couple of years, like out of school, we both mm-hmm. been through ups and downs, right? Oh, yeah. And it feels like at the time you're like, oh, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? And then I like, you know, and think about it, I because I've expressed to you so many times, like over the, especially like coming out here and being on my own. Yeah. It's like I've had so many reservations, right? Right. And like rightfully so. But like, truth is, when I really go back and think about it, this is the most peaceful I've been in my life. Oh, baby. Like, as I much tell you, as... Remember when I, before you moved out, I was like, bro, there is no peace like living on your own. Just yeah, have your stuff really... prepared so you can maintain your peace. Yeah. And it's like, you know, maintaining is obviously like its own challenge. But Oh, for sure. But the other thing is like, you don't know until you step into that more peaceful state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I thought even, you know, back home, I was like very peaceful and like, oh, I thought evolved, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, there's another level to it. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I can't oh, yeah. ever do that again. <laughs> I have, yeah, to, right? I have mm-hmm. to just keep going on this journey, you know? And it's yeah. like, I'm glad I, I'm glad I took the step, even though it mm-hmm. felt like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough, Facts. whatever. But. And the thing is now you will I'm fight sorry. to maintain your peace. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's going to be difficult for something to come between that. Yeah. Most definitely. And to have the, the freedom and agency and autonomy that I have, frankly, purchased myself at this point, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just I know I cannot give that up for anyone, you know, and um, and there's like there's been other things that come up since then that I'm like, is that going to bring me peace? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it just isn't. We gotta go. Like yeah, for know? real. No, seriously. Like, nothing is coming at that cost. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I'm like I'm very comfortable just like 
not following this societal script. Oh, for sure. Women our yeah. age. I'm think, I so thank God every day that I was not it. that child that was like subscribing to that at a very young age. Yeah. Like I was, I feel like I was very like unbothered by society. Yeah. So I think that could be why I got it. I got it early. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was such a, I feel like I was advocating for that at a young age, yeah. but as, as you can't really give that to a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it, it was difficult, which I think played into me being a difficult child, but, um, isn't there's nothing like it. I promise you. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there's like really it. No price tag on it. Like it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wish things were cheaper or that I was sure. just more affordable, but mm-hmm. The other thing is like, what is the alternative? No, for seriously, and a headache no every day, right? Mm. No one convince me <laughs> that to is not worth it. Change it, like you can just be screaming at the wall because it's not mm-hmm. gonna happen, you know? Yeah, and I think the ultimate peace is when you, even if that is going on around you, you maintain your peace. That has been a game changer for me. If yeah. someone is coming at me and they are not peaceful. You are not getting me out of my character of peace. Oh, I yeah, refuse. That pisses that, off that, anything. Oh, baby, that right there is you, not that's something different. Mm-hmm. That right there is something different. Ooh, mm-hmm. That would rile up my um, ex roomies because I was like, <laughs> like, I gotta go. I'm not, mm-hmm. you're not gonna about to shake me. I've, oh, actually, yeah. I've always been able to do that. You're not about to shake me. Yeah. You're not about to shake me. Like, I think now you're a little bit more shakable, but <laughs> now I'm more shakable because I'm just like I'm interacting with the public, yeah, in like some ways. But that situation, I was like, absolutely not, yeah, absolutely not. I just packed up my shit and left. Facts. Good luck. That's how you do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so serious. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was a very. That was even. That was an extreme. so that that right there to be fair like even if you weren't you know prioritizing peace that was your best bet (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) packing your stuff up at night and leaving because those girls were hostile i looked in the day in their face packing my shit and left which is ironic because they try to they really try to like like intimidate or whatever and i was like you ain't doing shit i'm picking i'm picking up this u-haul getting my stuff and leaving goodbye Never see you again. Don't talk. If you see me in public, at like, you don't, don't talk see to me. me. Don't know <laughs> I'm you. So serious. Don't shoot. You ain't got to worry. I'm ducking and dodging. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Goodbye. Best of luck to you. If I, for real. Anyway, I feel like we should do a part two to this one day. Anyways, yeah, that was fun. They have really good questions on here. I, we're going to link this in the description box below, but they have some really good questions on here. I would highly suggest if you want to go through this, that you should and do some shadow work. Um, and I, there's also like a, a specific way to do it. I think you're supposed to read the question, answer it, and then reflect on your question, I think, is what you're supposed yeah. to do. Um, obviously, we didn't do it quite like that just because we, we just are, yeah, we just kind of answered it. Um, but we suggest you doing this. It's actually pretty good. I can see why the book is selling out. <laughs> Seriously. Um, can we end on one that I actually found really interesting? Sure. Let's go. Quick. Okay, it's 72 if you're on the number thing. If you were to talk to yourself as if you were a child, what would change about the words you would use? Are they kind? Why or why not? Um, I think they would be 
I think they would be the same. And the reason why is because yeah. I think, don't be wrong, I think you should be chi- kind to children. I think that you should, um, you know, make sure you're using appropriate um, verbiage, kindness, um, you know, cues or whatever per, ch- per the child, uh, because that matters into the effectiveness of what you're saying and how they take it and things like that, right? But I think one misconception is people are kind and and don't are only kind, and that is not how the real world is. Um, That's true. When you grow up and you get into the world. That is truly not how it operates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I think that is the detriment of, of only being kind to kids. Not saying that you have to be just blatantly mean, but there are going to be some adversions. There's going to be some some tension going back and forth um, internally and with other people. There's going to be anger coming towards like, someone. There's yeah. like, And so I think as a parent, to prepare them for the world, you cannot only be nice. You cannot only be kind. So I think it has to be a balance of um, of everything, and I think that if it's not you as a parent providing them some um, some aversion, I guess, then it ha- it's going to be someone. It's either going to be you now, or it's going to be them, someone else later. Agreed. Yeah. No, I I hundred percent co-sign that. I think you know that it's kind of like the like gentle parenting baby talk thing. It's mm-hmm. like. It's not always preparing them for the real world seriously. Yeah, no, it's not. Behave. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, if I was talking to uh, myself as a child, I think I would just reaffirm that what you're going through is mm-hmm. a, a moment in time. And mm-hmm. it feels like all of time now, but it's a moment in time. And you come out on the other end of it, you'll be stronger, mm-hmm. be more aware that it that's actually contributing to what makes you a, an interesting person. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I would also tell her that you're not the only person experiencing this even today. There mm-hmm. are other children experiencing mm-hmm. this, other families experiencing this, and that this is part of a bigger system that mm-hmm. you unfortunately were born into and a lot of people were born into. So I would put yeah. it in that kind of context because I think we really, as children, what we were going through, we barely were like personalize it as like this it's just me it's just us it's just Mm -hmm. whatever and all around us these things were happening and I think it would have made me feel a lot less alone and would have made me feel like there were resources Mm -hmm. and that um and not like I was you know weird or bad or something for having those experiences you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I would tell myself to keep doing everything that you're doing because Mm -hmm. I guarantee you in 10 to 20 years, that's going to be what makes you interesting. The people who are like following the standard and like peaked in high school and middle school. No offense. They're not the interesting (laughs) humans of the world. They're not. Okay. Like, and we all can attest to that. So Mm -hmm. I say, keep doing what you're doing. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, I, I, I completely hear what you're saying. Um, and I, I think that's very fair. Yeah. 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 Because, like, I, I do think, think that, um, I wonder, like, because I think as kids, you're like, it's hard to see the big picture, right? Yeah. Because I would love to be like, oh, I wish my parent would listen more. I wish my parent would X, Y, and Z more, more, more. Yeah. And, it, you know, those things, like, if I look back on it, it wasn't that mom wasn't listening necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or to be fair, it wasn't that Anthony wasn't listening. I think the difference is Anthony didn't hear what, want to hear what I had to say. <laughs> yeah, he heard what I said, but he didn't want to hear yeah. what I had said. Anyways, yeah. um, mom, mom, it wasn't that she wasn't listening. I wasn't in a place for to acknowledge that she was listening because I was just so angry. Um, yeah, that and, and so, also you have to realize as parents, they're making all kinds of compounded mm-hmm. decisions all the time. Yeah, so exactly. sometimes they are listening and physically cannot like act on anything yeah you know yeah I mean? and nothing's changed you know yeah just because they are listening and I, I think a lot of times and I, I will admit to this like I I really thought that like oh well she's my mom she can change the problem even though our mom was like very much you know she was that mom that was like I'm holding you responsible yeah. um but in in those moments of despair I really was like oh she can fix this yeah. And I, I, though she was very upfront and honest with us of like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen in this. Uh, and if this happens, this is what happens and this is how we handle it. If this happens, then this is what happens and this is how we handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and my little kid brain, that just never clicked. As an adult, I get it. I get yeah. it. Uh, and I don't know if she, I, to be, and that's why I don't think like, as far as I don't think anything different could have been done other than just keeping it real with us. Yeah. Um, because I don't think that would have ever clicked. That like that never clicked to me until I was doing life on my own. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's oh, a lot of I see. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of decisions, a lot of pressure on top of throwing a kid on that. And then their expectations of what you have to be to them. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and their lack the of right understanding thing. of the world. Yeah. And I, th- I think something I've really tried to d- determine is where was people's intentions? Mm-hmm. Like, where was mm-hmm. where this person's intention? If their intentions were positive, I try to look at it through that way. That's not to excuse the trauma that happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's nothing. Truth is, neither one of our parents were ever going to get it right. That's mm-hmm. like, they were just never going to get it right. Now, they, yeah, have no very, they have drastically different intentions on what they were doing, how they were doing it. Mm-hmm. But they were there was no way for them to, like, create these this perfect environment for us to grow up perfectly and not have any trauma and not mm-hmm. have any xyz and because the other thing is if we had grown up in that kind of ecosystem we would have stepped right out into the world and been traumatized mm-hmm. that's what i say like gonna it's gonna happen at home or it's gonna happen in the street in the street <laughs> it's gonna happen it's going mm-hmm. to happen mm-hmm. yeah so i try to just i try to really think about like where was our parents intention Mm-hmm. And I know there's a dif- there's a difference in intention between what our father was doing and what our mother mm-hmm. was doing, and that oh, yeah, is why yeah, I yeah, yeah. hold them uh, more accountable, and that changes my perspective perspective on things. You know, fair so, enough, fair enough. Yeah, that's what I would say to little me. Okay, and just keep doing your thing. You yes, know, keep going to fourth grade. <sighs> never gonna give up. Never gonna give up. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Oh, and actually, I would say take artwork and making artwork more seriously earlier on. Find a way. Bug your parents about it. I know they would have been annoyed, but bug them <laughs> a little bit more than you did. Because I was bugging them about volleyball, and I probably should have been bugging them a little more about getting into the arts at that time. But Fair enough. I didn't know any better, so here we are. Anyways. Um, but yes, that's our episode. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you found it very um, informative. Um, like we said, check out these prompts because they're actually really good. I'm gonna go back through some more of these, and maybe we'll do a part two because actually I can see a part two on these. Yeah, I like these questions are good. There, it's like a hundred questions, so you have plenty to reflect on for sure, and it's free. So, no, yes, we love free ninety nine. 
Absolutely, especially in this economy. Mm. Um, anything else you want to say? That's it. Thank you guys for listening in. I really enjoyed uh, answering and asking these questions. They're pretty interesting. So um, we'll probably do a part two. So look forward to that. And we hope to see you guys in the next one. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.